Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Power Your Life Radio Show with host and success doc Joanne White. Author, speaker, certified coach, and energy master, Doc White gets to the heart of what matters most. She features guests and experts to help you consciously create more success, health, and wellness in every area of your life, work, and relationships. They'll share their success stories, wisdom, and know-how to help you shine more light onto your day and into your life. Power your life right now. Here's Joanne White. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us today on Power Your Life. And speaking of Power Your Life, I hope everyone out there is finding ways to feel good about who they are and to be safe and take care of oneself. Speaking of taking care of oneself and powering your life and our lives, I have a special guest today, and I'm talking about Matt Zinman, who's a difference maker devoted to positively impacting and personally enriching the lives of 100 million people by 2025. Wow, that's intense. His new book, Zism's Insights to Live By, which I have in my hand right now, is based on his experience as an entrepreneur, athlete, single parent, caregiver, as well as a nonprofit founder. Matt is also the host of Insights to Live By, a podcast that invites guests to share their own pearls of wisdom. He's a personal success trainer and the CEO of the Internship Institute, which Matt established in 2007 to make experience matter. Welcome, Matt Zinman. How are you? Hey, Joanne. It's great to be with you. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. And like I said, I'm holding on to this book because you sent it to me, and there are such pearls of wisdom in it. So let's share some of these today with our audience, our listeners. Tell our listeners the the STEM, why you wrote this book, and what was the reasoning behind it? Sure. Well, um, Zisms is a book I've been wanting to write for quite a long time based on you know, a number of experiences that have come together and, and just through those experiences, the things I've come to learn and I, you know, concepts uh, around things we may talk about uh, in relationships, things like earned confidence. And I, I hadn't really heard many people talking about it in quite the same way and felt that it was something that I had a responsibility I wanted to write. And last year uh, I came to an inflection point when my, uh, my son was going to college and you know, time freed up for me a little bit. And it was like, well, what would I regret not doing? And uh, the book definitely came to the surface and I decided to put my head down and uh, I'm glad to be here talking with you about it. Well, it's really exciting that, that you were able to say, because oftentimes people say, okay, I'm going to write a book <laughs> and that's something that, that I need to do, but they never get to it. So you did that, and what came out of it is is something that's pretty incredible that we can really utilize in our lives. So let's talk about some of the zisms. You talk a little bit about um, amplifying gratitude, and I think given where we are now with with a lot of uncertainty and a lot of 
ups and downs and fear going on in people's lives, we need to really think about how we can amplify gratitude. So can you share your insights about that with our listeners, please? Yeah, absolutely. I I think that, you know, that section uh, of the book talks about heightening mindfulness and and amplifying gratitude uh, in, in, in concert with it. And it looks at it from a practical standpoint. I mean, for one, when we're talking about amplifying gratitude, we are aligning with the concepts of the law of attraction. And, you know, it is what it is, and people interpret it as they do. But for me, I look at that as, well, what we expect tends to happen. So the more that you can fold gratitude uh, into your day, not only keeping you present, but that's where the joy and enrichment uh, in life uh, really happens, you know, in that experience, the better off that your your days and your life will be and become. So, I mean, honestly, Joanne, like when I put my feet on the floor in the morning, the very first thing is, you know, it's that trigger, you know, I'm happy. I'm like, I'm really grateful to have a new day and, you know, I square up with that and other things I do throughout the day. I have alerts on my phone. I'll take one minute every three to four hours, pause. And you know, where am I in my day and how's it going and what can I be grateful for? And, you know, just kind of re, you know, realign myself. And those are the kinds of habits that you really just want to try and fold into uh, your day so it doesn't have to become something too extensive in order to put into practice. You know, I think what you're saying is so important because our days can cannot always go the way that that we want them to, and yet there are so many aspects, as you talk about, that we can be grateful for, but we have to really pause like you do and like you say in the book to really look at that and acknowledge those those precious moments, those precious gifts within our lives because it's sometimes they if we don't they just kind of slip away and and don't matter but they really do matter. You have a nonprofit and uh, I'm so excited about this because I think it's so important what you're doing here. So can you share that with our listeners as well? Yes, well, uh back in uh 2007 I founded the Internship Institute and the focus is really on employers in order to go mostly small businesses and even uh, entrepreneurs to help them set up and run internship programs, um, a lot of which is happening virtually now, which is uh, you know one of my areas of expertise there. So I'm often training on that. And then, you know, we provide the, you know, here you go, you know, set of resources uh, to put those programs in place and train individuals, uh, be those supervisors or mentors uh, about how to do it right. So, um, you know, I've run those programs having to do with college students, of course, but also disadvantaged youth and military in transition. Uh, you know, it depends on the grants uh, in, in those cases, but, you know, there's a lot of applications for that. Wonderful. And and when you share a lot of how people can get a hold of you, that's going to be something that, that many listeners may want to contact you about. You know, a lot of... of what goes into the book is is your own story, your own personal experiences, which not everybody is courageous enough to do that like you did. So so how does that work with you? And and was there a a, a time where you hesitated a little bit? It's like, well, do I do I dare share this? Do, 
tell us the story. Yeah, that's that's fair. Well, you know, look, I I think that if I'm going to write a book, the the and you know the topics that I have around personal development, uh, it's important to walk the talk and put myself out there. And you know, the book is written, as you know, uh, as if having a personal conversation with the reader. So the disclosures really, uh, you know, happen throughout. So you know, by one example was the. Uh, another major inflection point I had around 2002 at the time when I became a single dad and, you know, my son was two and uh, in needing the flexibility uh, to, you know, have him half the time, I started my own business. So it was half the time, uh, you know, diapers and bottles (laughs) back then and, uh, and, and getting at that time originally was a marketing business, which was my first career before I got into the internship space and, uh, you know, just with the trials and tribulations of that were and the rewards of, of having that freedom. So uh, I try to infuse those personal, personal examples throughout. And, yeah, you're right. I, I do think it's important to be an open book, you know, as the saying goes. And I think it really, it really enhances the book, Matt, because it's important to know, okay, who's behind all these ideas? And, and how did he get or she get to, to – be able to talk about that, and through experiences as you've had, you you know you're able to gain that insight and that understanding that you then convey to to our readers, your readers, which is so important. You talk a lot about personal well-being. I call it personal wellness. But tell our leaders and and our listeners what that's about. What how do they maintain and how do they get to that place of personal well-being, whether they're a leader or just a leader in their own lives? Yeah, well, I think most people recognize that, you know, if they're not feeling at their best, you know, they're they're going to be that much less effective and they're going to be, you know, life is going to be that much less enjoyable if you're having uh, any kind of, of challenges. And that's not just physical health. We're talking about mental health as well. Um, there is uh, a whole chapter uh, on mood health as well as being a life athlete and some of the things that uh, are you know, best practices in terms of taking care of yourself. Um, and, and it's something that, look, I mean, none of us are perfect. <laughs> you know, we all have our, uh, our desires and how you know, we, we live our lives and our maybe different vices or things like that. But overall, you really do want to feel at your best and, uh, there are some, you know, some guidelines in those chapters about how do you do that? How do you keep yourself accountable? There's a self-care report card, which is a tool, um, which is free on, on the site to download. We'll talk about that at the end. And, um, you know, it's just trying to create that resource uh, as part of everything else that we talk about uh, with the topics in the book. So give give our listeners a little bit of understanding of what that means in terms of mood health because I think that's so essential in our days. And, sure. and oftentimes people complain and, and what and, and they're shifting something within themselves when they're doing that. So, so can you share your experiences and also what that means? Right. Yeah, well, this is definitely certainly where another one of those, you know, personal disclosures come into play and, in, in this, you know, in which I was – uh, and have had to contend with depression since my teens. And you know, that really raises the stakes for me 
uh, for how I take care of myself day to day. And, uh, you know, I certainly had uh, some of that in my, my family uh, as well. And so one of the things that I look to illustrate that in the, uh, you know, Minding the Mood Scale is the name of that chapter, is a mood scale. And I, it, it's somewhat of like a thermometer. And you could say, well, you know, what's, you know where's that normal range, however you, just, you know, define that. Uh, normal, happy, normal, sad. And I think everybody can relate to, you know, on a really sunny, bright day, you know, you feel a certain way. On a dreary day, you feel another. And at any given time in people's lives, either themselves or someone very close to them, they've had to deal with a mental health event or ongoing basis. So uh, for me, again, the importance here is to be practical. I try and follow like a, like a two- to three-day rule which is I know I'm going to have a down day. Everybody has a down day. And then, you know, on the entrepreneur side, maybe something happens or some other event, and I get punched in the gut and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of sinking in that quicksand. And if I get to a day three, I have to just become my own parent and not let myself lay around and uh, create structure for myself and force myself to work out as much as I don't want to, right, back to the physical health and uh, reach out. And, and connect with people, especially now, uh, and especially the people who lift you up. So you have to be very proactive um, in, in that aspect of your self-care. You know, I think that's so important. Can you share a little bit more about self-care? Because it, it, it it's essential not only to our, our mental well-being, but also our physical. And what do we need to do? I mean, everybody's different, but what are some guidelines that you have that you've also shared in the book, Matt, that can help people with their own personal self-care? So I, I re, I'll refer back to that self-care report card, and what I did with that is uh, I, I weighted it within basically an algorithm of one thing being more important than another. So physical exercise is weighted the highest with sleep being second, and then, of course, your nutrition and hydration. And the thing that is often overlooked is that, that uh, opposite rating of not letting yourself get too stressed, stress being about the worst thing for you. And it's natural to have to deal with things day to day, but, you know, what can you do to manage that so that it doesn't, you know, sustain and, you know, release all the different, uh, you know, hormones and things that, that are harmful to you. I, I won't claim myself to be, uh, in these ways, which is why I kind of use the guidelines from the, you know, the Mayo Clinic and you know, the, the Sleep right. Foundation and things to, uh, to create that. Uh, but again, it's just, you know, it's like a self-accountability tool that uh, five minutes once a week, someone can say, well, did I work out three times a week? And did I get enough sleep? And uh, it's just to kind of keep tabs on yourself the same way that, you know, you don't want to blink and have days go by. Um, you don't want to have, you know, weeks go by where you're overeating or doing the things that are, uh, you know, not to your benefit. And I, I definitely agree. You talked about um, having depression when, when you were younger. And how does that fit in in terms of how we have to monitor ourselves and really take care of ourselves so we don't kind of go down that road and and really feel depressed or or actually accentuate that in some way shape or form well i think one of the there's a couple of sides to the answer to that question one is that the challenge with depression especially at a low level is that you don't even know that you're experiencing it 
and you know you can kind of go months and you know finally get that you know spring feeling as it were and then realize you know what I wasn't I was sluggish you know the last number of months a lot of people suffer from the seasonal affective side of that right. low level depression and then there you know is it a is it circumstantial to a degree versus chemical and uh, is is someone in a situation where truly if it's chemical they they do need medication in order to balance that out and or will therapy help you know one of the silver linings of anything I guess to COVID is that telehealth is now a lot more accessible so you know and I speak to this a lot you know where men uh, in particular might be a little bit more resistant and they're suffering in silence and now it's not, oh, I've got to go find that other doctor and, you know, lie on the proverbial couch. You, you know, have at your fingertips access to talk to a professional um, in private and uh, get yourself screened and see where you are. And, and anybody can do that. And, again, it, you know, why, why let yourself suffer? You know, you have to recognize that you're not really yourself. And for me, when I've been in those depths of, you know, leading into despair, it you really do lose sight of, you know, what reality is in, in sense of the opposite of rose-colored lenses. Everything is gray. And you have to remind yourself that you won't always feel that way and that, you know, it's going to take what it's going to take to get through it, uh, you know, be that medication or anything. And it's tough to be patient, but you have to hold faith that, you know, however temporary and badly you're feeling, it it still is temporary. You know, I think everything that you said is important about that. And also the sense of faith while people are going through, well, we're all going through the challenges of, of COVID right now. And it can actually bring people really down and, and because they're scared, they're, they're not, not knowing when this is going to end, what's going to happen to them, their loved ones. And that sense of faith, I know that that, for me, just gets me through the day, the week, or whatever. So I, I think that's very important. You talk, something, you talk about something called earn confidence in the book, and, and I think that's a, an essential piece to what we need to do for ourselves. So can you share a little bit more about that with our listeners? Obviously, they need to get this book, but let's give them some idea of what that is. Thank you, Joanne. Well, actually, earned confidence really is at the foundation of the book. It is chapter one. And the, the reason and what we're talking about here with it is that it's, it's really for everyone to recognize that, you know, we've all been through everything we have in our lives, you know, you know, and, you know, whatever that ringer is for, for people and to recognize that we're still standing, that, as hard as things are now and as hard as things have been in the past, we've always made it through. And so earned confidence is that reminder that we are fully capable of dealing with things in real time, that even if we don't have the answers in real time about the challenges that we're facing, we're survivors and we'll find a way because that's what we've always done. So, another aspect of earned confidence is knowing that it is a way to defeat worry and anxiety and stress and the things that aren't certain to happen. Why would you put your negative energy into something that 
isn't certain to happen. And then, you know, there's a, a certain personal responsibility about not letting that worry spread to other people and, you know, imposing something unnecessary on them. So there's a lot to it. Um, certainly regrets come into play. Uh, resentments come into play. Uh, it, it really is about, uh, and you know, that foundation for uh, personal growth and, and life enrichment. You know, it's so important because we can be brought down by other people and also by our experiences. And what what I like is that again, what you say is like, look at look at what has prevailed and look at how you've you've come out of that, how you've handled that. Look at your strengths. Look at at the wonderful things that you have done that you have been capable of. And when we do that, when when we're gauging our lives based on some of those more favorable experiences, we can shift, as you say. We can kind of shift our, our mood. We can shift our sense of confidence in our lives and in other people and in, in being able to move forward. So I think that's so very essential, and I'm glad that, that that's an integral part of, of your book because we need that. We need to be able to, to have that basis to be able to move on. How is your book, Zisms, Insights to Live By, how is that so different from other books and from other self-help reads? Well, it's interesting, you know, when you, and and I would like to take a step back. Can I take a step back for just a moment and then answer Please that do. question? Um, yes. One of the things about earned confidence is is really that it's kind of that logic filter that you really you you can outsmart yourself in the sense of defeating worry. I mean, worry is a real culprit here, and the challenge is that it's often a habit. And so you've got people who are being, well, you know, I'm just a worrier, and they accept that about themselves. And then they put themselves through grief time and time again over things that never happen. And so what's really important in terms of untraining and breaking that habit is, number one, to remind yourself of earned confidence. So if you can – headed off in the first place. But if you worry about something and then you get to the point of it not happening, you got to call yourself out and be like, oh, well, you know, I worried about this. Look at what I did to myself. What did I do to other people for no reason at all? And then to connect back to your early question, Joanne, about amplifying gratitude and the law of attraction is that if what we expect tends to happen and worry is an expectation about something that you do not want to happen, there is a causal effect, potentially, if you believe in that, uh, of, of worrying, and then those things might happen, and then you, you think your worry was valid. So uh, there's a cycle there to break, and it, it's really important. I wanted to, to, to just take that half step back and address it. Uh, you know, to answer your question, you know, I didn't really know when I wrote the book, because uh, I wrote it really in a in kind of a vacuum, I, I really haven't consumed a lot of personal development books, believe it or not, um, in, in, you know, some years. Um, these are just things that I've come to learn through varied experiences. And, uh, you know, you also mentioned about, well, different people talk about writing books. And I was like, well, you know, I, I put my head down. And I decided, you know, do I have a blog, <laughs> you know, like three chapters, or is there something more fully formed? And it, it was the latter. And then, once the book came out, it really 
resonated with people, and, and then you know that it's something that's, that's different. I didn't really have anything to compare it to. Um, earned confidence is certainly one of those major concepts as, as a grounding concept that we just talked about. Uh, other things around interpersonal relationships, um, you know, there, there's a whole book here that I'm sure we don't have time to talk about, but, um, you know, being aware of spiders and managing relationships with people who are manipulative uh, is, is part of that. And then there's the far end of the book where you get past the law of attraction and you talk about the entrepreneurial side and inevitability and self-belief and things like that. So there are a number of things in there and, of course, sharing so much of myself in it that, uh, that do, that make the book, you know, makes the book that much more unique. And it and it's it's really an important book. It's not you know it's it's for everybody, including entrepreneurs, because there is that that reference to them and some. But but at the same time, we need to hear this. And I want to get back a little bit to what you said about behavior, and because we we are creatures of habit, and if we are constantly telling ourselves about gloom and and doom for the day and whatever, that does become habitual. And, you know, I work with people individually, and oftentimes it's about changing that mindset, changing that belief system, that attitude, so that they could see the day, they could see themselves, they could see their relationships in a totally different light. And I think that that makes a difference, and you talk about that a lot in the book, and it's key because we have the ability to to make that shift. Obviously, you had to do that with having depression and having to manage that and be able to come out of that in some way so that you could look at life, look at yourself, look at everything in a different light. And and that takes courage, that takes strength, and that takes being able to 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 shift things in a in a totally new way. So kudos to you for being able to to do that. Thank you, Joy. My pleasure. But I really think it's important for for people to do that. You know, and I think that let's get back a little bit to earn confidence and and because okay. how how does somebody get to that place where they really feel that they are shifting. They are making a, you know, they are making those changes that they need in terms of whether they're looking at an incident that happened yesterday or something that's happening today to be able to turn it around so that they can see things differently, more favorably. Well, I and I'm really glad we're going back, you know, to to delve deeper into it because that really, you know, that buy-in and in and around earned confidence is that first step. And you can't really argue the point. You know, we're still here. We're still standing. We've been through everything we've been through. We've made it. Uh, you, know, there, you, know, that's, uh, you know, that's an earned confidence no matter what age or no matter what you've been through. It's a universal fact. But what, what it also comes down to really at the, you know, the building block of it is around kindness. And the mm. buy-in is the simple question, you know, why be anything less than kind to yourself? And I would hope everybody can, you know, answer that in the affirmative. And so the, you know, the the relevance of that, the practical side of that in personal development is that when we talk about things that we strive for around self-esteem, self-love, those are things that are, 
it's kind of they're 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 kind of almost intangible when you don't feel that way about yourself. It's hard to get your arms around it. But from a practical standpoint, if you just rely on kindness on a, in a case-by-case basis, is what I'm doing being kind to myself? Is worrying unnecessarily and putting myself through that grief being kind? No. Well, then don't do it. And if you follow that as a, as a building block, that really is the, you know, the concrete way that you'll, you'll, you'll have that as your, you know, as, you know, as your compass to, to get you to the point where you're really feeling the ways about yourself that, you know, and the world around you that, that the ways that you want to. You know, I, I believe that that kindness, self-kindness is so important. However, not everybody comes through this lifetime with that. They've had incidents, people who've told them otherwise about themselves, so their belief system is shifted. And you said something earlier that I think is also a way to gauge how we treat ourselves, and, and it's about how would you treat a young child? How would you treat your daughter, your your son? How would you treat a friend? How would you, and when we look at it in that way, how would you treat somebody else if we don't realize that we're we're not treating ourselves kindly? And it's about, well, if you can care and treat someone else in that special way, in that way of kindness, why not bring that focus, that that way of caring, that kindness back into yourself? Because I, I think it's so key, and I think it is so important to be able to look at ourselves in that very kind, caring way and, and move forward from, from that place, and that's important. So tell us a little bit about some of the future of where you're going with this, not only with this book, but with you and, and what's next from that Finman. Thank you. Well, it's funny, you know, when I, when I wrote the book, I, I, I kind of not only wrote it in a vacuum, I wrote it without an end game. You know, I just really thought it was important to, to do it and get it out there. And, uh, you know, with respect to people who have businesses and they write books, you know, as a more of a business card and, and to get clients and things. That's not what this was for me, uh, nor is, uh, you know, it's meant to, you know, be read by the masses and I'm very focused on mass impact, which is why I'm not a coach and, you know, to that degree. Uh, and when I was doing, you know, earlier, you know, the book's been out for about three, four months now. And part of the sentiment was, well, I want to positively impact as many people as possible. And it, you know, it's true, but it wasn't really quite sitting well with me entirely. It wasn't, it wasn't specific enough. You know, I'd rather have something that's more of a, you know, objective based goal, you know, how much by when. And so that's what led me to think, well, you know, if I, I want to continue on this path, I really feel like things are going my way. Um, you know, if I can do 10 million people, you know, I can do a hundred uh, as odd as that may sound. It just, it, you know, the exponential is there by 2025. So now it's, well, how do I do that? So that led me to, start the podcast, which just launched last week, um, called Insights to Live By. And, uh, and, and so that's going to expand the reach beyond the book. I mean, certainly don't expect to sell 100 million books. I mean, that would not be a reasonable expectation to have, um, given how book sales go to begin with. And then I'm looking to get into uh, inspirational speaking. And so I thought, well, what is that? What's, what's the end goal there? Well, maybe that's a TED Talk. And I can tell you, Joanne, I know nothing about – I'm not done speaking, of course, but you know, how do you get into that field? How do you do paid speaking? What leads you to the point of uh, being worthy uh, of being selected and getting on that kind of a stage? 
Uh, if that's something I'm looking to do, then yeah, I'll just have to figure it out the same way as I self-published and am now figuring out the podcast. So I'm certainly on a steep learning curve, uh, but I've never been more motivated. I've never been happier uh, to be able to be at this point in my life and be able to share the, the things that we're talking about. And you know, thank you and to your listeners for having me you know, have the opportunity to do that. You know, I think, and and I appreciate you, and I think the enthusiasm, firstly, it comes through in the book, but it also comes through in in the way you talk about your life, the way you talk about the isms, and and just your attitude and your approach. I think it's it's wonderful, and it's also very very inspiring, Matt. So we could spend hours talking about this book because it's. <laughs> Again, insights to live by, which are essential. Tell our listeners how they can find out more about you, how they can join that forum, how they can get so much more information, and where to find you, and how to get the book. Yes, well, uh, you know, there's actually a new website, which is mattzinman.com. Uh, that's now happening in, in concert with the podcast launched last week. I'm doing, uh, and I know you know what this takes, Joanne, but I'm doing a guest episode a week, and I'm doing a solo show a week every Thursday. And, um, you know, I launched for it once last week, and I'm doing two more uh, this week. Tomorrow uh, is the solo show on earned confidence. So, you know, much of what we talked about and, you know, that being at the foundation of a lot of what I talk about, you know, through everything else. Um, yeah, I'm really happy with how that turned out. I'm very excited for that tomorrow. And it's easy to find on, you know, Apple Podcasts. And, uh, you know, from, from there to your point about the Internship Institute, that is internshipinstitute.org. So that would be for businesses and entrepreneurs that want help with their programs. I, you know, it's a, it's a great love of mine and still do that. And um, that pretty well covers it. I'm pretty easy to find. So what would you like to leave our listeners with? I really think, again, at the, just to reiterate, at the, at the heart of earned confidence is that buy-in and the, the kindness factor. We think of kindness as something that is toward others. But if we start with things like kindness and forgiveness and, and turn that inward and why that matters toward you know, being being self kind, that's the guiding principle and and that that foundational building block for life enrichment. And it's so essential, and in terms of being able to move forward and see ourselves in in a positive light, to be able to to utilize kindness and forgiveness, as you mentioned, because without that we can devalue ourselves and everything about your book and everything about from what I know about you and I'm just learning so much more is is about really seeing ourselves yes authentically and genuinely but at the same time lovingly and that's key so thank you for all the insights that you bring to not to us on a daily basis. Good luck with your podcast and with everything thank you're you. doing. And thanks so much, Matt, for being on the show. Thank you. I so, so appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks again. 
So think about what Matt said in terms of self-kindness and and really taking care of yourself because it is essential and it can really shift your day. And it's so important to honor yourself in, in any way that you can, especially during this time when there is so much unknown, when there's a lot of, of fear going on, a lot of of people not knowing what the next day is, what the next step is. And being kind to yourself, caring for yourself is is a very powerful way, as Matt says, to get through the day and to move forward into our lives. So really take care of yourself. And you can do that. One of the reasons I call this show Power Your Life is is because kindness actually is a way of empowering ourselves. So it's a big, taking a step, even small steps each day, to feel good about yourself, to power, empower yourself or power yourself, whatever that means to you, even if it means being kind to yourself, if it means being careful about what you're putting in your system, whether it's mentally, physically, or even emotionally, and re- and spiritually, and just taking care of you. Remember that you're special, and take care, be kind, and live by that motto. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a beautiful day, wherever you are. You've been listening to the Power Your Life radio show with host and author, Dr. Joanne White. Listen often and spread the word about the upbeat show to enrich you and grow your life in the direction you desire. Listen again and again and visit DocWhite.org for more information and find out how Dr. Joanne can benefit you. Thank you for sharing your day with us and stay tuned for more exciting guests and events to come.